This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. That's why Mint Mobile is here and offering premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month with no catch. Mint Mobile is great for anyone that's looking for a way to get a little bit of extra savings. You don't have to pay for those big plans, even though they still have the high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network with unlimited talk and text. You can use the phone you have right now with any Mint Mobile plan and keep on trucking just like you are just saving money on your mobile plan and if you're not 100 satisfied mint mobile has you covered with their seven day money back guarantee so you can try it make sure it works for you and then you're all set to go so switch to mint mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan and get the plan shipped to your door for free go to mintmobile.com dnvr be sure to go to mintmobile.com dnvr to let them know we sent you welcome in to the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there i'm your host rudo joined by aj hayfley as the ads are i i guess officially done with training camp i mean really training camp is going to continue through the rest of the preseason but they do play a preseason game tomorrow so it is it is funny how that like designation works where training camp is over but wednesday morning will look exactly like this morning (laughs) right so they're just called practices now i guess is the only difference uh oh boy oh boy here we go the tofosi is out today (laughs) look you've gotta love the ferrari nope you've gotta love it nope I mean, you could be wrong. That's okay too. I'll go back to love him, and when Mick goes, all right, it'll. I'll, I'll make my peace with it then. And you know what? We welcome you in, brother. We welcome <laughs> you in. It's okay. I tell you what, when Mick when Mick shows up, I'll get you your own Ferrari hat. Oh wow, my own Ferrari hat! I'm really spending the big bucks. I tell you what, seventeen ninety nine on Amazon.com. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll always have that little dark corner of my heart that likes Lando, so we'll see. But anyway, on to today's topic. Lots of special teams work today for the Avalanche. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but also going to be looking at this training camp as a whole. Who who won, who lost? Rambo Gini. Uh, is, is, Sampo a, is Sampo a Ferrari guy? He might be. I don't know. We'll we see. should ask him. We should ask him if he has an opinion. There you go. Ask the whole uh, the whole Avs locker oh. room about F1. But yeah. I've already watched it. He's watched it like three times probably by now. <laughs> um, so uh, let's start with the groupings today because the groupings were significantly different. They were set up for power play and penalty kill groups. Um, in the world of 
reading way too much into things. Yeah. Is Martin Kaut going to make the lineup? <laughs> I mean, in the world of reading way too much into things, it looks like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I think I think this is just, uh, and you and I have our suspicion yeah. that Group Two is the one headed to Vegas. Yeah, if if you look at today's groups, which we don't have, but Evan sent a tweet out that had the list of them. Uh, yeah, all the PTOs are in Group Two. Yeah, a lot it, of the guys it, that are probably going to get cut earlier in Group Two. But also enough of the guys involved in the roster battle that it's meaningful. Because you yeah. have that second line, Nachushkin, Kadri, Burkowski. Mm-hmm. Then you have the new look other line, which is uh, Jost, Newhook, and Cout. Yep. And, uh, yeah, cheering cheering for Ferrari is nothing like cheering for the Cowboys. Um, Anisimov, Maltsev, and Sherwood as 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 one of the other lines with Mateau. Um, Mateau was just, this was his first day on ice, and so Mateau, Fontaine, and Wingerly, and then after that is like the other guys. Yeah, but but you're talking about Cout in the mix there, Newhook. Yeah, in definitely. the mix of the lineup positions, Anisimov still trying to get a contract. Maltsev certainly in the mix. Sherwood maybe on the outside of that that list as well. Um, it, yeah, those are the names that no doubt the Avs want to see a lot of. They're going to get a bunch of preseason games, the ones that continue forward and still have a chance to make the lineup. Uh, even, even going down into Wingerly and same thing on the back end to a certain extent, right? You have Jack Johnson down there. Where's Byram going to end up with these guys? EJ and Gerard spots are obviously locked in, but group two felt a lot like this isn't really training camp. This is a bunch of dudes that are getting ready for a game tomorrow. Yeah. Group one. Um, yeah. Group, we'll get to group one. But yeah. In in a bit. That, um, there, were, there were some. I felt bad for some dudes in group one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was feasting time. For the <laughs> group yeah. You can call it, you can it was a buffet. <laughs> um no, so group two and, and group two is interesting because it's got what we think is probably going to be the second line to open the season. Yep. You and I are not sold that Val Nachushin is gonna stick next to Kadri and Burkowski. Not even a little bit. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna like on paper, they've really talked themselves into this. They love this idea. Oh, he's gonna be the he's gonna play the Landeskog role. Uh, that Landeskog plays on the top line, but then you remember that Landeskog is his 65-point guy on his own. Yeah, when, and that Val Nachushkin is a 30-point guy who when, is significantly less talented than the guys he's going to be on the line with in terms of offensive uh, output. When Nachushkin has two points in 10 games and is dragging that line down. I don't think it's going to take 10 games. I you think, think less? Take, I, yeah. I've got my absolute tops as five. Okay. I, I mean, I hope it's that aggressive. I hope they they see what we see. Or, I mean, you know, look, if Nutrition goes off, great. Run with yeah, it. But, great. Like, if he if, if this ends up being the perfect combination, then wonderful. Then you're really feeling good about the rest of your lineup. But much the same way I think we feel about JT Comfer, 
we've seen the Avs move Nachushkin up into the top six before, yeah. and it doesn't really work historically. Right. Like the the defensive work is still there. He's still he's still solid. Uh, it's all good, right? Like yep. you feel you he, feel he's good probably not going to hurt you, but the production is unlikely to to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We're just an F1 podcast now. <laughs> you wear just, a Ferrari hat one time. I know, dude. I wear a Ferrari hat one time. But what does this prove? Your fandom day? <laughs> Golly. I've already seen the Schumacher thing. <laughs> Golly. So. uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I and, and so like I think that line I think that line is going um that that line is like that's your second line to open yeah. the season. Yep. The, your first line, the, the three-headed monster, that line Obvious. is done. Yeah. Now, all the other lines after that are still in play. JT yep. Confer spent practice today with Sampo Ranta and Oscar Olsson. In the non-special team section, yeah, he spent his time with a line that probably won't be in the NHL. I mean, we know Olsson won't. Yeah, be in the NHL. Tell you what, though. Yeah, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right now, we're focusing on Newhook and Jost and Cow. Yeah, but that so like that line, that line, like we we've been pretty confident Newhook's making the opening uh, opening night, night roster, roster somewhere. Yeah, and Jost, we like obviously Jost. That's not a conversation. It's yep. where does he fit? What role does he play into? And you know, blah 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 blah. And then Martin Cout is a guy that we've have felt like this guy's on the outside looking in, having to do something. Yep. And getting this kind of a look, if this is actually a line that they want to bring into a game, look, Cout's had a really good training camp. So in the guise of the title of today's podcast, he's a winner for he, sure. He definitely is a winner. And the fact that he gets put on this line tells you, look, they wanted to see him next to these two guys for a reason. Yep. That doesn't mean he's made the team. That doesn't mean he's going to make the team, but it means that he's done. He did enough over the weekend, over the training camp to have the coaching staff say, we want to see this. And I can tell you a third line of those cats would be fun. You've got Tyson Jost. I mean, you've got Tyson Jost as the, the, the really hard good, up, Logan yeah, like the really, yeah. the really good defensive player whose offensive game is still kind of figuring itself out, but a guy who is who has learned that he can, he can get his ass kicked and handle it. Yep, he's the guy that takes the hit to make a play kind of guy. He's a guy that that you know it it hasn't always been pretty but he's finding ways to be effective and with new hook you know new hook is the high offensive talent the distributor here and with count count has always been a high iq player that just sort of gels with whatever line he's on he's always been a guy who understands how to fit himself into the group he's playing in if he needs to be a more offensive guy and he needs to drive it and he he's shown that he can do that if he's going to be more of a complimentary guy and he's going to defer, he's shown that he can do that. He's he's a responsible defensive player. He's not over. He's not overly flashy. There isn't a ton of sex appeal in his game. He's not super fast. Doesn't have a killer shot. 
but he does a lot of things really well. And you see that kind of trio right there, and you think that's a line that has a lot of upside, that if it can be responsible defensively, the biggest question, can that line take care of its own end? Because if it does, it's going to be problems for other lines. I mean, stylistically, in a lot of ways, Cout to that line is like Landy is to the top line. Obviously, there's a skill difference there, but you're going to have Cout go in there and just kind of be the steady presence on the line, can play defense, can play offense, will provide whatever the line needs, like you were saying. And I think that's a perfect fit for Cout. Ideally, he doesn't really have to drive play because that's going to be New Hook's department. The question is, how much offense can you get out of that lineup with Cout and Jost around New Hook? Yeah. And depending on how much of that role Cout can take, that could be a really, really interesting third line. Or if you get the consistent production out of Jost, a couple things fall into place there. And boy, that is a really intriguing, we'll put it that way. That's one that it's like, I I posted my tweet of this this pod today. I was like, can we just play some hockey games already? I want to see these things against real competition. Definitely. And where, where Cout is fighting uphill here is what do you do with JT Comper? Yep. Because they they love that dude. And he had himself a good day today. And the fact that they're he putting did. him with two kids doesn't necessarily mean that they don't think he's part of the lineup anymore, they right? They put him like, with just... two kids. They also put him on power play one. So <laughs> it's yeah. mixed right. signals there a little bit, you know? Like, is that guy going to be your fourth guy? Is he going to take the Donskoy spot on your right. top power play and then play right. right wing on the fourth line? Or is he going to be your fourth line center with, you know, because Comfer surrounded by Comfer surrounded by uh, Darren Helm and Logan O'Connor. Like stylistically, it's not easy or it's not it's not hard to see the appeal from a coaching staff's perspective there either. That's that's uh that's Mike Hoffman music is what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh competitive speed typing is like a funny way of referring to StarCraft. <laughs> 300 APM. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um so I think it's and it's also interesting like Maltsev and Anisimov are are getting a look together with Sherwood. All guys that are well, the Anisimov one, I think, right is in interesting, there. too, right? Because he's a PTO. And you already put him on a on a third line where it was like, oh, he cannot really keep up with Ranta and Kaut, can he? Yeah. So now they're trying him next to Maltsev, who's a surefire fourth liner at this point, it feels like, for the Avs. Yeah, he's going to have trouble keeping up with Maltsev and Sherwood, too. Those aren't slow guys. I, I hear you, but it feels like they're already starting to try and find a spot for him. You know, they're trying it with a bunch of guys that they have targeted for the bottom six and they're seeing if something clicks with him. Now, I still don't think that looks great when you compare it to Jack Johnson, the other PTO actually fighting for an NHL job. Johnson has looked solid every single day of camp. Yeah. And who's he been paired with so far? He was with Byram today, right? So right, he, he was. Who was he working with when they before they switched the groups up? I forget. Uh, was it Murray? It was. They wanted to. Yeah, it was Murray. Yeah. Okay. So 
those are NHL buds. Like, and the thing, the thing with Jack Johnson that I actually feel good about right now is that everybody has talked about him as a depth guy. Yeah. Everybody has talked about him as, Hey, we're going to need help beyond just these six guys. We're going to need some depth beyond that. And from training camps perspective, Jack Johnson would be a winner. He's, yeah, he's looked fine. Definitely a winner. There were some there were some reads that he made on Saturday that I didn't like. Um, some of it, you know, stepping up at a, on a guy at the at center ice and leaving your partner out to dry. Uh, that can't happen. Yep. But some of that some of that is also, uh, you know, what's he? There's there's an adjustment period because different different teams. Yeah. He's handle playing, that situation differently. Right, 100% by feel right now. The systems yeah. are not particularly installed yet, especially for the defenders. But And when he understands that the Avs don't do that very much, that they they would prefer to try and deny at the blue line yep. uh, or force a dump in and use their puck retrieval ability to go and get it, then he'll understand that he can't do stuff like that. Yep. Hopefully, right? But, Hopefully. Yeah. I do want to get to power play two a little bit more in the chat, but we do have to hit up Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it on tap down at the bar, or of course, find it at your local liquor liquor store using the Breck beer locator online. Check out their good company, hard seltzer as well, or skip all that. And next Sunday, just take the party bus. We filled it up for last weekend for the Broncos. Fill it up again. Maybe they'll be four zero after uh, after this week. You can get a round trip ticket to and from the stadium, Mile High. You get for thirty bucks. You get the ticket. You get to Power go to the field. DNVR tailgate. Yeah, in Power Field. There you go. Uh, you go to the tailgate. You get unlimited beer and pizza for you know uh, ever uh, the entire tailgate unless we run out. But I believe they brought five hundred beers this week so yeah. and, pretty uh, hard to run out 60 pizzas yeah it was, it was like 150 slices of pizza more than that even yeah it was like it was a lot it was a lot of food and drink so you can do that get the party bus ticket for 30 bucks it's 20 bucks just to go to the tailgate if you want to drive yourself it was an awesome time highly recommend y'all go tailgate with us before the broncos games Get it while the getting's good. They're 3-0 right now. They can't stay undefeated forever. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then after that, make sure you go to Green Mountain Dental to keep those teeth clean. They're just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood, and they're an awesome place to go get your teeth cleaned. If you get a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush, and they take care of you from top to bottom. They give you reminders about when your appointment is, and they'll even remind you to schedule your next one so you're taking care of your teeth on a regular basis. They're awesome. Check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. Everyone who has swapped has loved them as a new dentist. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. If the Denver Broncos go 20-0, and 0, I will do something ridiculous. I promise you that. I don't even care what it is. Chat, you can tell me to do whatever you want if the Broncos go 20-0, because that will never happen. Uh, in any case, 
getting into the power play with Taves out, AJ, what would you like to see? Because as it stands now, as it stands today, Comfer on power play one means that the second power play unit is made up of Kadri, Burkowski, Nachushkin, presumably Gerard, and then a fifth spot that could be Taves when he's healthy, but in the immediate shore seems like give it to Newhook, or do you go with Byram? Uh, I give it to Newhook. Okay. Just, we've just seen the statistically speaking here, we've yep. seen two defensemen power plays be less effective. Yeah. Score less than four forwards, one D. League-wide. I well, mean... How has Nashville not figured this out yet? Because they keep trying it. <laughs> They've been running 2D power plays for seemingly years, and their power play is always bad. Yep. Despite having $25 million spent on that unit, it's still bad. And the Avs in particular, in particular uh, are in a spot with Alex Newhook where you fire up that dude's tape and playing high on the power play, walking in is his bread and butter. Good. Where he scores all of his goals. Yeah. So all of his goals, it seems too easy to just drop new hook in the high spot on that. Yeah. And if you have two defensemen, then what you do is you put him there instead of the Yep. Drop the out of that. Roll it that way. Even then though, it, it just gets muddled. If you run two defensemen and you want new hook to play high in the zone. Right. So, yeah. I I just think even with his playmaking ability down low, it's too easy to do. Like that's yep. Natushkin, Natushkin really shouldn't be on a power play unit, but I mean he's, while he's the they, guy that you use as a large human being in front of the goalie, right? But yeah, like I for the time being, Jost, Newhook, I would start there. Sure. But if they're gonna go four forwards, uh Natushkin as big guy to retrieve pucks fine all right and then we're talking about a unit that sees 30 seconds of right. power play anyway and and ultimately nichushkin kind of falls into the same category at, at least for you and i as he does with the second line where it's like all right it's probably going to start this way but as the season progresses we'll i have no doubt we will see a rotating cast of forwards especially on that second unit yeah no way i'm putting byram over sam gerard Nope, definitely not right now. Byram has two NHL points to his name, so yeah, that would be a tough sell. Sorry, I just we're talking since since Sam Gerrard came into the league, he's been a good producer on that unit. Yep, and I'm I'm confident he will continue to be a good yeah. producer. So, in the last four years. Uh, has more power play points than Zach Wierenski, Thomas Shabbat, Mikhail Sergachev, a bunch of other dudes. So, yeah. no, um, I'm not doing that. I'm not not putting Byram there. Not Certainly not right away. Sam Gerrard is a proven power play quarterback. He runs a power play really, really well. Um, with Even without Sam Gerrard being able to uh, shoot, he runs a power play very well. Uh, all right, yeah. Unfortunately for the annexation of Puerto Rico, every team in the league knows that trick now. 
So doesn't really work anymore. Um, hello, person from Newfoundland. Maybe you can tell me. Newfoundland? Can I call you a Newfie? Is that allowed? Because I mean it as like a term of endearment. But last time I called New Hook a Newfie, a lot of people got mad at me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stay out of this. Um, <laughs> JT, JT Confer on a power play is fine. It's not. Look, the reality of the abs power play is you could drop any competent NHL player into the bumper spot and it would be fine. Yeah. And his appeal there is that he's right-handed. And that changes kind of how they run what they've it, it 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 changes how they run their their power play because if that guy's left-handed, they don't have any other uh, they don't have any other option there. Like putting Kadri there are uh, it, it has shown to not be very effective in a lot of time, a lot of minutes played. Yep, uh, it's just they want a right shot there, like. I wish I wish that wasn't the case. And if they were so obsessed with getting a right shot, they should have just gone out and gotten Phil Kessel and been done with it. <laughs> um, but as it is, you know. Yeah. It, they want look, the they want the right shot there, and it's not like Jonas Donskoy was incredible there last year. He was for two weeks. I I mean he was <laughs> in, he was you know how you know how Donskoy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um he's he absolutely catches fire and scores all of his points in three and a half weeks. And then you forget he exists for a month and a half and you're like, all oh, right, that guy. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reality here as we're preparing for game one of preseason, you're not going to see like what you saw out of Seattle the other night, right? The Avs are going to throw out, a lot of guys who you're never going to talk about again tomorrow night. That's that's the prediction. Yeah. Yeah, firing up the uh, the Seattle game last night, I was like... They're going hard. This is their NHL team. Yep. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting choice. Yeah, hell I mean, on the PK, do it for but... the fans, right? For game one, totally, you actually totally. get to see. And then my guy Morgan Geeky was... Uh... <laughs> two goals baby yeah <coughs> it's uh it should be fun it should be fun for seattle but reality check is coming in about two weeks so should be interesting on their side on the av side we haven't really talked about the pk units at all and most of the pk units are a lot more clear cut than the forward side so there's not a ton to go in then in on that side uh yeah and and with the way that the groups were broken up they were always every pk unit was half ahlers half nhlers right. there was never a full pk unit the really. closest to like a real pk unit was bowers and magna together yeah and it was like like so the the highlight that the abs posted on twitter today of mckinnon of, going yeah. end to end <laughs> where the defenseman sticks are upside down yeah and it was like andreas england yep uh 
it was a good highlight. You have a defenseman without a stick, essentially, that is not an NHLer. Yeah, going up against Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, Andreas England and Curtis McDermott were paired together, and had their sticks upside down. So when he rolls into the zone, and I think, I think like Bedner was like Nate, we're trying to work on turn it, here. turn it down like, a notch, bud. Yeah, this doesn't. We don't get anything out of you doing this. Like we know that you can do this, and like he scores on Eustace Annan, and you're like, "Wow!" Tore up all those AHL guys, man. Well, and that was the AHL. Better watch out for Nathan McKinnon this year. Th- that was the entirety of Group One. I'm sure AJ was rolling his eyes as much as I was because every other penalty kill group, it was like, "Yeah, you have to go up against one of the best power play units in the world." Yeah. And like, you are, <laughs> you are Miles good, Gendron and Dennis Gilbert. So sorry. A very, a very good power play unit during the regular season that went absolutely bananas in the playoffs. Yep. Like, oh, well, damn. Look at that. Their sticks upside down. Not a lot of resistance provided there. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon walks in and, and does it. And, like, the players were, like, okay, whatever. But the crowd went nuts. And that's when they started raising the sticks and getting into it. It was, uh... I was surprised how how much the crowd was cheering for the power play goals in that first group. They were, uh, they were vibing. (sighs) Yeah. How much of it is a fan base that is still eternally convinced that their power play is bad? Yeah. Well, maybe a little some of that. But who knows? On, on that that front um yeah like nate does do that to top pairings in the def in in the nhl because he's nate mckinnon yeah yep. but it was not useful or meaningful when he did it to a bunch of dudes like okay yeah i mean like neat you're dennis was there, gilbert. Any, was there any doubt he could do that to andreas England? right you're dennis gilbert and you woke up today and you're like all right i need to have another good day of camp to get my name into the mix of call-ups for the avalanche, right? And you step out onto the ice and Nathan McKinnon is going a hundred percent against you on the penalty kill. And you're like, shit, (laughs) guess I'm not going to have a good day. It's going to be rough, but I, it was just weird. I, I don't know why they felt like they needed to run their, their top power play unit at all, but they did. So, that was a thing. Uh, the rest of group one was, was kind of weirdly hodgepodge together. It felt like, yeah, but Hey, I mean, at least the had a good day. Yeah. So let's at least just touch on that second, yeah. that second unit in the first group, like Dylan Sakura and Sampo Ranta and Oscar Lawson. And it, it was, a solid group with Justin Barron running the point. Yep. Barron looks really comfortable. I, I thought Barron looked great today. His stick work on the two-on-ones is so good. So talk about getting some opportunity because he went uh, he was with Jacob McDonald today. Yep. And Bedner has talked him up quite a bit. Yep. And 
it's starting to get to the point you're where you're like that name into the mix maybe <laughs> well it's like it's to the point where you're like they might keep this guy for all six preseason games and just see if he forces their hand last cut kind and of situation like they're yeah. like holding off on a jack johnson contract like oh, justin <laughs> baron does this we don't really need this guy right <laughs> yeah An- another guy though one of the big things we've talked about is <laughs> you want to see more physicality out of him you, you gotta do. show that in the preseason if if you get the opportunity right yeah definitely but we also saw the guy that's supposed to be the 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 answer to all the physical yeah, prayers yeah. is Curtis McDermott, and you can't play him on a peak game. Dudes uh, are just gonna skate circles around him if you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was bad today. It was not. I mean, I mean to be fair, like uh, Ryan Murray didn't look good on the PK either. But <laughs> again, Ryan Murray's out there with a bunch of dudes that he's not going to be playing with during the regular season. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I know this isn't where we were headed, but it was a weird day for Ryan Murray. It was, a they had him paired with McCarr for the first half of the day, which you think would have been good, but it did not. They did look not great like for at him. all. Yeah. They were like you weird. and I were talking about, like not even just the same page, but they were just different books altogether. Yep. There was no natural chemistry there whatsoever. They were totally like Murray made a, a nice player too at the blue line that I liked, but anytime they would get in and actually have entry, which was it the fell drill they were doing so quickly. Yep. It was a real struggle. Like you look down the line, you look at the other pair, Gerard, Gerard and Johnson, way more natural together. I'm that that's a given but yeah you know mcdonald and baron as as like a, po- a possible third pairing or a top pairing in loveland looked great together dude it, it was they kept their game simple right there wasn't mm. anything super complex and you saw mccarr and murray just were trying to do things on two different wavelengths like you were saying yeah so, it was it was like you know mccarr is accustomed to guys who know how he wants to play and know that yeah. he aggressively moves pucks all over the place if he doesn't carry them out and murray just did not seem to be on that wavelength yep. where again i wonder how much of this is a style thing could where be. They, you know, different systems. Murray has played his entire career in really conservative defensive systems that emphasize high and out off the glass. They don't want guys, they don't ask guys to regularly carry pucks. Whereas in Colorado, that's the goal. Carry pucks, move move pucks. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse to a teammate, you know, reload to a teammate. We want controlled exits. We want controlled entries. We want control of the puck because when you don't have control of the puck, you're fighting for control of the puck. So when you have it, don't just give it to the other team. And that's kind of been Colorado's basic philosophy the last few years. And seeing Ryan Murray try and adjust to, they value the puck differently here than in in previous stops. It's going to be a thing. It's the same thing that we were talking about with Jack Johnson. Like you've got to make, You've got to make reads that fit the way that your team is valuing the puck. And it's right now those guys are adjusting. It's yeah. pr- it's training camp. They've been in the system for a week. Right. So it's going to take some time here. No doubt. But like Ryan Murray and Jack Johnson together, 
looked comfortable. It looked like they've played together before because they have. <laughs> I well, it, these are the type of things that like you don't read too much into them, but you you plant a little flag in your memory, right? And yeah, when you get into preseason games, or maybe it's, it's even a regular season game, and you get a handful of shifts of Murray and McCarr together for whatever reason. If it looks like it did in preseason, quick pump the brakes and say, all right, that's not an option anymore if it continues to look like it did. Or you see it, it looks significantly better, and you say, all right, you can chalk that up to just the players didn't know each other, Murray didn't know the systems, whatever. But it's one of those, I don't want to call it a red flag because I don't think it's it's that pertinent, but you just make a note of it, right? And if it comes up later you're confirming what it was or wasn't. So. What? Yeah, I feel like there should be a second name there. I feel like we got 95% of it. Yeah, yeah, didn't didn't quite finish that one. But uh, while we wait for possibly the rest of that question, uh, don't get 95% of the meat. Get all 100%. From Hassle Cattle Company. There was a coin flip where there was a coin flip which ad read we were walking into. It always is. It always is with Hassle. No, this time go get their Wagyu beef. It's absolutely delicious. The burger down at the bar is it just crushes. It's it's so 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 good. I cannot recommend it enough. But you can also get the rest of their meat as well, whether it be their tomahawk steaks, ribeyes, they got bone in, they got sirloins, they got so, so, so much different types of meat. That's all super good, super delicious. You can't go wrong. And you can get 10% off when you use code DNBR10 at hasslecattlecompany.com for orders over $200 or more. You get free shipping to boot. And then you can get some Strava Craft coffee. Maybe you like a little bit of, of coffee to go with your steak. You can get 25% off with Strava. It, with code at DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can also get them cold brew down at the DNVR bar. That's your type of thing. Go check that out. The CBD-infused coffee is known to help with migraines, joint pain, IBS, all sorts of stuff. So it's super nice when it comes to that type of thing. If that's not enough for you, then you can go to Solace Meds and get yourself some uh, some proper THC products in store. They have numbers of different products ranging from 15 to 25% off. So head on into one of their four locations and see what's on sale. You can also get 20% off when you schedule for pickup online at solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You can get it, order it, walk in, grab your stuff, walk out super fast, super easy. Jump on that. When you go to the Wheat Ridge location, you can also get a free King Cone with any purchase too. So if you want to go get high, Solace Meds, the place to go get your stuff. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Ah, yeah, Curtis Gabriel, the old like wild plug that was around for a couple of years. I see. Yo, speaking of which. Apparently, the Winter Classic is going to have a Stanley Cup display in Minnesota. Doesn't that seem kind of (laughs) cruel? Hey, look. All right. That's it's like taunting. Yeah, that's the the longest amount of time the couple have spent in Minnesota. So 
That would be like when I was a when I was a kid. It would be like my parents having like a display of a donut in the kitchen. <laughs> you just can't. This is not something that you're allowed to have, sucker. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't Leclerc's family? Maybe. And they would wake up every morning and be like, "This is you." I mean, Point yeah, the donut. <laughs> The donut man knows. I'm just I'm just saying it just seems kind of cold blooded to have a Stanley Cup display and be like this isn't relevant to your interests. You haven't won one of these. You're not going to. The closest you ever got was when Dallas did it with half your team. Yeah. I just think uh... it's cold blooded. That's all. Look, I mean, how are they going to get it there? Because none of their none of their cars have cup holders. It's a tough life out there in Minnesota. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's why they all move away. Look, <laughs> to Denver. They have please, to have. Please stop. They have to have something worth looking at at that game because God knows the jerseys are hideous. <laughs> Yo, with those elbow pads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What you doing with your elbows that would necessitate these? <laughs> so random. I just, they look like huge band-aids <laughs> on the elbows. I, I don't know. Those jerseys are ugly. I agree. It, it was like they had every idea and just kept saying yes to them. Well, and instead of somebody sitting down and being like, okay, how about some of these ideas? And they were like, no, all of them. Yes to every idea that we have. Well, and and there are people that are like, well, think about all the history in, in behind Minnesota hockey and all these jerseys. And I'm like, that's fine. It's cool that there's history behind them. The history of Minnesota hockey jerseys is ugly as hell, though. Sorry. Truth hurts sometimes. I don't know what to tell you, Minnesota. Uh, in any case, off, off on a little bit of a tangent here, getting back to, to training camp. AJ... Who's who is the biggest winner of training camp for the Avs? Is it Jack Johnson? Uh, right now it's Darcy Kemper. Okay, because he's healthy. True, and he's getting ready to embark on a contract year behind by far the best team he's ever been on. Yeah. So I got I got no side door Darcy that, Kemper, but actual training camp winner. I mean, I think. I think the PTO, like the tryout guys in general, uh, but we saw Mataj Kazalik is still getting looks uh, in the lineup. Yep. Uh, getting PK looks and playing next to Powers today. Um, I guess you could, however, that's perspective. Either that's bad for Powers or good for Kazalik. However you want to look at it, I suppose. Pick your poison. Um, yeah. But he's still around. I mean, uh, Jack O'Brien is still hanging around uh, on an ATO. Um uh, it's a bummer about what happened for Pfizer. You know, he got hurt in the rookie tournament and never really got to show at camp. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not going to happen. We're beyond this. Um, If they were going to do that stuff, they would have done it over the summer when they could have immediately turned around and spent that three and a half million on something. So they're not just going to dump him. Um, 
other guys, uh, you know, Gabriel Fontaine was on a PTO and got an AHL deal. Yep, has a contract um, with the Eagles now. Now, now the other PTOs are Johnson and Anisimov. Yep. Johnson looks like he's definitely on his way to a, a contract. Anisimov, I'm less sold on him getting one, but we'll see. I, if you and I were running the show, he certainly wouldn't be getting one, but. I just don't know where you put him at this point. I yep. mean, you you wanted to see what some of the young guys would do, and the, right now, I mean, well, Sampo. Yeah, right, that's exactly who you say. Sampo, Count, Bowers have all had good to great camps. Yeah, they've and... all been much better than Anisimov was. It, just strictly in training camp. Of course. They you know they play preseason games for a reason. So. And you also remember, like, Val Nachushkin looked like shit his first camp here and they loved him. They were just like, we're keeping him. We love him. He was also on a contract. Yep. Um, also, yeah. Maltev. We haven't even really talked about Maltev much. He's looked fine, but that's a, that's a guy. The games are going to mean something to, he needs, yep. he really yep. needs the games to start doing something to turn it up Con- compared to Helm and O'Connor who just walk right in and did their thing as fourth liners for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Maltev's Maltev's got to really figure out that role uh and how to be how to be effective and how you know what what Bedner is looking for from guys who play that role because it may not be the same as it was in Jersey last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's surprising. There have been a significant number of guys that have had really solid camps. And you know, even the guys who you really haven't liked at camp that much, like an Alausen, had a damn good yep. day today. Yep. So, I mean, guys that we haven't really talked about, like Andreas Wingerly. Yeah, I'm is is more intriguing moving forward than a guy like Anisimov. But Agreed. you know, they also might just say, "Look, we want to we want to see what Anisimov gives us in NHL games. He's done it before. We're comfortable with it. We just want to see how it looks." And they might just give him a deal and make it try and make it work. And uh, look, the Val Nichushkin thing stands as the gold standard of they tried something that was not super popular with people like me. And I've been wrong about it every day since. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it works. That's, that is a thing where it's like, well, maybe, maybe this goes well. I, you just don't know. You never but know, but it does feel this year, especially the Avs have less roster room to do things like that, right? It does. It feels like the ceiling or the floor of the roster has been raised high enough that you're talking about the ceiling of the guys that are involved because the normally there's this big drop off to a, the AHL guys. And I don't think there is this year. You know, if you you assume that the 12 that we think are going to be their 12 opening night forwards. And then you get into Anisimov versus Calp versus powers versus Magna versus Dylan Sakura uh, versus Andreas Wingerly. And, and it's just like, is there a really big gap? Yeah, between how much those are you guys separating these dudes yeah. today? Cause there's right. no, there's no doubt. Artem Anisimov has had the best career of all of those guys a hundred times over. But is he still that guy? But that, like, what he's done to this point just is not necessarily indicative of who he is, given the recent struggles. No. Kevin, you uh, you had it right, by the way. It's a Leafs documentary, so all for nothing is fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to watch it. I, yeah, uh, I think it'll be I'm, a great show, but I think it's I think it's more behind the scenes documentaries like watching Drive to Survive on Netflix. All I can think about is how is the NHL not thinking right. of doing something like it, this? Every what the f- what every sports doing? league in the world should be all over that stuff because yeah. it's great, great content. Everyone I've watched, like Sunderland Till I Die on the soccer side, amazing content. All of those things. So good. I, I'm I'm surprised it took other leagues this long to figure it out. But I mean, yeah. And it at this at this rate, it's like the NHL will be the last one to figure it out. And like, no surprise that Toronto is doing it first. Yep. Like understanding that their fans will devour yep. anything. Toronto could film a turd for 45 minutes and slap a Leafs logo on it and their fan base would eat it up. No no offense to y'all, Toronto. I'm sure you're great people. Metaphorically right? eat it up? They wouldn't actually eat the poop right, he's right. talking about? Right, but I'm saying that that, that city is just Gross. so hungry for any Leafs content. That right. It's anyway. Just, before I dig my hole any deeper here. Yeah, that, uh, that, <laughs> that had a very dark turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the reality is let, let's let's start wrapping up with one more reality check here right you still have not seen any of these guys on this team play a proper game together yep. you saw the rookie tournament stuff which was what it was mm-hmm. uh you know you're going against other teams rookies the quality of competition there is a big question mark you've seen training camp you've seen some scrimmagey type stuff but you know especially the guys at the top are going maybe 80% at most yeah. in, in training camp. And now you're going to see, I don't want to say some good old fashioned hate, but you're going to see guys who are going into a game, playing against an opponent that they don't have to go back to the locker room and talk to after the game, right? Someone that they can get a little bit more aggressive, get a little bit of that effort level up a little bit higher starting tomorrow. Definitely. So let's do a just quick, quick yep. list of winners, losers from, from camp preseason so far as we head into the first game tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I, the top Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson, definitely a winner. Um, yeah. I would say Martin Kaut, probably a winner. Agreed. Uh, you, you go beyond that. Dan, you know, is Jack O'Brien a winner? Kind of is, is Kazlik a winner? Sure. Yeah, I don't I'm not really calling anyone in the abs top six forwards a winner or a loser because they're just kind of there for (laughs) yeah for training camp. Nichushkin a winner because he's somehow gotten a top six job in the NHL. I guess. By default. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, you play left wing (laughs) and we need that. (laughs) Uh, I guess EJ's a winner because he looks healthy. Yeah, I mean. The Avs defense in is, general yeah. looks maybe a little deeper than we expected yeah. with Jacob McDonald looking as, and Justin Barron looking as good as they have Both rolling up and showing out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like if Jack Johnson is just able to tread water, serviceable NHL player. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm rant is probably a winner too. Yeah. I've liked Sampo. Yeah. Yep. Dennis, uh, Dennis Gilbert, I think strung together some good days, except for today. Um, I didn't, 
I wasn't a fan today. Yep. I, and even a good day today, I think it would be hard to call Gilbert a winner at this. Just, just never really. It, it looked like my fandom or my liking of what I saw from Gilbert was not echoed by the coaching staff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just the the lack of really. I guess meaningful uh, opportunity. Yep, Bowers is an interesting one. Um, based on his play, I would say yeah. winner. Based on the situation that he's in, he feels a little bit buried still. Yeah, Bowers is kind of a. He's kind of in the middle of everything. Yeah, agreed. Um, <sighs> Whoa. Yeah, you made it to the mute button there. Good job. Yeah, I mean, Helm, Helm, Darren Helm, Helm is Darren Helm. Yeah, like, he was exactly what you expected out of him, yeah. right? Like, uh, <sighs> would you call Lawson a loser? It's really hard to call anybody a loser in a training camp. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. But... but I think it's really, I think what it would be fair to say is that Oscar Olauson is going to take this whole experience and forget about it as quickly as possible and move Set on to on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Just forget about it. Yeah. Um, really. Um, and with Olauson, what I think, I think he can take away from this is that He's got clear areas of his game to work on. Yeah. That no doubt has been communicated to him. Um, and hopefully that communication has been clear because he really needs to work on his English. Um, yeah. We saw a little bit of the rocket of a shot today. There, so that was cool. there is NHL talent in there somewhere. There are NHL skills like his size, his skating, and his shot. Yep. Those are the things. It feels very much like I'm talking about Sampo Ranta three years ago. <laughs> Fairly similar. Yeah. So if he can get if he can get himself to where Sampo is today, great. That is a great development uh, path and, and a track that he should try and get himself on. Yep. Um yeah, I think if you have to, I, I hate it. It's it just doesn't feel good calling guys losers in camp. But I, I, think, I hear you. Yeah. Oh, Allison, I think that's fair. Um, I would say, let me look at this list and see if there's anybody else that really stood. I mean, I feel like all I ever do is bag on Curtis McDermott, and I don't like that. But I didn't see anything to make me feel better in camp about him. <laughs> Look, I don't think Curtis McDermott's role changed with inside the organization at all based on this camp, but yeah. I agree. For the people who are down on him, he looked exactly like you expected him to look. Yeah. This was this was a great uh I, I think that this was a really good exercise in confirmation bias on Curtis McDermott. Yep. You didn't expect to see a whole lot. You didn't see a whole lot. This is also like the blocking shots and hitting people and, you know, fighting to stick up for a team. None of this shit is going to happen in training yeah. camp anymore. So not, again, like talk, it's, we talk about this in rookie camps a lot with defensive defensemen situations set up for a guy to not look very good. Yep. 
He looked very good. In so, the first preseason game he plays, maybe he smokes a dude 30 seconds right, into the first like, shift. Like, a guy tries to, you know, he closes the gap and he puts a guy into the wall and, and just drills this dude. And you're just like, there it is. Okay, get it. Makes more sense now. Like, totally a possible thing that can, that could take place here. Um, I think for uh, if we're looking for another guy that I would say as a loser... Maltsev a little bit because he started Certainly out on a surefire day, fourth yeah. line and did not do anything really that like didn't have a great first day. He had a better second day, but a better second day is only relative to a bad first day. If the, if his second day had been his first day, how excited would we have been about well, it? it? Not very. And from an outside perspective at a training camp, you're looking for a guy to have a day that really pops. Like uh, like Couts Saturday, where yeah, a dude is just doing dude. everything to, at a super high level. <laughs> yeah, he was hot Saturday, and Maltsev never really popped. He had yeah. he had okay to solid days. This is Maltsev was kind of a worst fears realized kind of camp where he came in, and my concern of oh, is this just another Kamenev where they liked the the the, the size, yeah. they like the tools, they think he can help at center. But as a fourth-line center, you have to have a certain mentality as a fourth-line center. Yep. As a fourth-line player, your mentality has to change. You're not a skill guy. You're not a guy that's going to get a lot of puck touches. You're not a guy that's going to get 19 shifts in a game to make a difference. You've got 12 shifts to go out there and skate 100%, go 100% in absolutely everything that you do, hits every single guy that gets anywhere within arm's reach of you do everything and don't don't uh, don't take any penalties to you got to go balls to the wall and we saw both darren helm and logan o'connor and understand that and and get that they get that mentality they understand how to be a fourth line guy in the nhl and it looks like mikhail Maltsev is still trying to figure that out well, and, and if that switch doesn't get flipped in time he's gonna lose that job it's not only that not only does he need that switch on the fourth line the more I watch that line, the more I see Maltsev as the guy that has to be the offensively productive guy. Oh, definitely. And, and that's where it makes sense because he has a good shot. Yeah, but that's not an easy role to be in, right? Helm and O'Connor find ways to be in the lineup because they can penalty kill. Even guys like Comfort, like Jost, like Nachushkin, there's a bunch of dudes in that lineup that are going to be ahead of Maltsev on the penalty killing order. Yeah. So if Maltsev is on the fourth line and he's not giving them the production that they need, it becomes real easy to quickly take him out. Well, in, in my mind, it becomes really easy to move Darren Helm into the middle and put Curtis McDermott on that wing. Sure. Because then you have three guys who understand skate as hard as you can hit people every single chance you get. Yep. You go out there to wear them down, to make life miserable, to create as much chaos as you can, maybe to piss somebody off and for Logan O'Connor to flash the big old teeth at him and be like, nah, 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 nah. just be as miserable of human beings as possible. Like if Maltsev's not going to be able to figure that out, seriously, just throw Curtis McDermott into that role and let him go crush dudes on the four check. I would much rather that than watching him skate backwards and get walked over and over and over. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's where I think if if the McDermott if McDermott is going to find some value, it's going to be on a fourth line where he can just go be big, go hit somebody, 
jar a puck loose, and he's always had a pretty good shot. If he can, if he can utilize that a little bit on that fourth line, that's my path to Curtis McDermott having success. It doesn't, it's nowhere involved in him being a defenseman. But because Taves is hurt right now, they want to see what they've got there. They're going to start there, and we'll we'll see where it goes. But uh, I would say, looking at it, that Maltsev a little bit of a camp loser. Sure, I'm I'm happy with that conversation. Again, it's training camp. Don't read too much into it. Seriously, it's training camp. Like <laughs> this is all. This could all be completely irrelevant in a week if these guys go out and have good or bad preseason games. Yep. So. Moving on from there, the Avs play their first preseason game tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. That one will be watchable. It's on NHL Network. Um, If you have it, great. If you don't have it, do what you got to do. Should be a fun game. I'm not expecting particularly NHL-laden rosters, but still, first preseason game counts for something, right? Should be exciting. It's always Always good to, to see them get back out on the ice and just a little extra added. Yep. Because they're juice. starting they're starting their season where it ended. Yep. Vegas. Although Vegas. A, a lot of the guys that are going to be in that game tomorrow probably had nothing to do with that playoff series. Like Nazem Kadri. Oof. Oof. Right there. We'll leave you with that. We will be back tomorrow night for a post game after that preseason game hope y'all will tune in for that one uh enjoy the rest of your monday we love y'all thank you for watching listening however you consume we will talk to you again tomorrow The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.